Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, giving leaders the tools and information they need to grow and change their worlds. Now here's your host, Dale Dixon. Leading with finesse and thoughtfulness. We're talking about diplomacy and tact in this edition of the Complete Leader Podcast, everything you need to become a high-performing leader. I'm your host, Dale Dixon. Each and every week, we dive deep into one of the topics in the Complete Leader. It is a book by Ron Price and Randy Lisk. Definitely encourage you to pick it up. The podcast is complimentary to this and also just stands on its own. So we, we're looking at these topics each and every week with Ron Price. He was a certified professional growth curve strategist, a certified professional behavioral and values analyst, and a consultant in good standing with the Hartman Institute at the University of Tennessee. Ron is also a member of the Odyssey Global Leadership Team. It's a group of 100 consultants worldwide who've been trained in delivering transformational programs for businesses. As a noted expert on how human behavior translates to company culture, individual and business performance, he's traveled over over 2 million miles, given more than 2,000 speeches in 15 countries. Ron is a regular contributor to magazines, radio, and TV, and a good friend right here on the Complete Leader Podcast. Ron, great to be with you. Thank you, Dale. That's very kind. I'm looking forward to our conversation today. So let's dive into this idea of diplomacy intact, especially in this day and age, more important than ever as we grow our leadership skills. Uh, set the stage for us. Well, first, I think a lot about words and what words mean, because to me, understanding words helps us to develop more self-awareness and develop a sense of how we want to relate to whatever the concept is behind that word. So when I think of diplomacy intact, I actually think of three different levels or three different ways of thinking about it. The first would be your natural talent. Some people just naturally are diplomatic. They find it easy to have finesse and to be thoughtful and to be kind. For others of us, we have to work at it. So a natural talent is something that you were given. The second thing I think about is character. And so is character, is diplomacy intact a part of how we define character? When I think of defining character for myself and in working with other leaders, the questions I ask are, what are the values by which you choose to govern your own behaviors? And, or what are the values? And what are the values by which you choose to relate to other people? So the idea of diplomacy intact, of being thoughtful, of being kind, is a value that you may or may not choose as a way that you want to relate to other people. It, it's one that I've chosen. It's one that's important to me. I want to have productive relationships more than I have confrontational relationships. It doesn't mean that I never have any conflict or that there's never a confrontation, but I don't want to lead with that. We've all seen leaders. If you pay attention to the news, if you watch what's going on inside the company or the organization where you work, we've all been around leaders that seem to thrive on confrontation. They, they love the battle. They love the competition. They, they love the trying to uh, bully, I guess you would say, somebody else. But that's not a value by which I choose to relate to other people. So the character question of diplomacy intact is, is do I want to relate to other people through diplomacy intact, or is there some other value that I want to aspire, aspire to? So characters, this is who I want to be, and this is what I commit myself to behave like. So we've got talent, we've got character, and now we get to what we write about in The Complete Leader, and that is now it's a skill. So the skill of diplomacy intact is learning how to do it. 
I may want to do it, but I still have to learn how to do it. And I learn how to do it by practice, by getting feedback on my practice, by studying other people who are good. I, I develop it as a skill over time or layer upon layer upon layer. And it's through experiences that we develop skills. You know, Dale, one of the interesting studies that we were a part of was was uh, measuring the level of skill mastery of freshmen in college and then again when they graduated from college as seniors. And you know what we discovered? That for the most part, they don't develop skills in college. They develop knowledge. Skills are not developed by sitting in a classroom. Skills are developed through experiences. So di diplomacy intact is about developing skill through experiences, through practicing, through watching others, through focusing on it. And it really comes down to not just diplomacy intact, but you're also thinking about negotiation. You're thinking about the way that you persuade other people. You're thinking about how you manage conflict. These are all connected together when we think about how you utilize diplomacy intact as a leader. I'm thinking this idea of diplomacy intact is so important as far as a leadership skill and is used by so many leaders around the world on a regular basis. However, we see through media and stories that it's the leaders who don't choose diplomacy intact who get a lot of attention. And it's, I'm, arguing it's it's a very, very small minority of leaders who choose this, but they get that attention, which gives us a false sense of perspective. Yeah, I think that's a great point. So another way to say it would be that leaders who don't demonstrate diplomacy intact are entertaining, but they may not be as effective. Oh, great. Great way to summarize that. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to just name some things. We're recording this in in uh, the summer of 2017, and Uber is on the front page of the newspaper day in and day out because of the CEO, who arguably has not been using diplomacy intact. Yeah, it's amazing, Dale. How many I talk? How many times I talk with leaders who usually are at the top of their organization, whether it's a business or a governmental agency or some other non-government organization. It's amazing how often I talk to them and they're still in their mind, they're leading according to what I would consider a old paradigm that leaders have to be tough. Leaders need to instill fear. Leaders need to be intimidating in order to motivate their people. And it's, it's really still this idea that when the cats away, the mice will play, that leaders that think that they have to lead their people through hard discipline. And the reality is not even the armed forces think of leadership that way anymore. There is a place for toughness. There is a place for directness, especially when you're building structure and you're creating this sense of camaraderie and cohesiveness in a team. But the greatest, whether it's a coach or a leader, these folks have learned how to transcend that, to how to go beyond that. And especially when it's leader to leader, when you're talking about leaders of different organizations that are trying to find a way to work well with each other, diplomacy intact gets you there faster than confrontation does. So I, I, one of the things I would encourage our listeners to think about is how important to superior performance in my leadership role is diplomacy intact. 
the reality is there are 25 skills in the complete leader model, and not all of them are equally important for whatever role you're in right now as a leader. We actually think that it's five to seven out of those 25 that are most important to master for whatever role you might be in right now. And so if you're spending a lot of time leading other people, if getting other people to work alongside you, if collaborating, if negotiating or managing conflict or persuading, if these are all a big part of what your job is as a leader right now, then diplomacy intact is worth taking a look at for how you could continue to develop this as a skill because it's almost an invisible source of power. It's an invisible source of influence when you develop this ability to, um, manage negotiations or interact with people in a way where there's little or no ill will. And and when you have a keen sense of what to say and when's the right time to say it so that you can deal with difficult or delicate situations without creating unnecessary offense. So let's talk about developing this, the skills of diplomacy intact and what that looks like. So, so before answering that, I'd like to go back to something that we have on the completeleader.org. For those people who've purchased the book, The Complete Leader, at the back of the book, there's a page that gives you a special URL that gives you a one-year membership in the community of The Complete Leader on the completeleader.org. And what that means is that when you pull out that password and put it into the completeleader.org that you get uh, you're given a username and you decide your password and there's a part of the website that is for you alone. It's, it's avail it's private to you. And one of the things that's included in that section of the website is an assessment that you can take yourself for all 25 of the skills. We have five questions for each one of the 25 skills where you can measure your current mastery of that particular skill. And it's dynamic. It's always kept there. You can go in and change your scores anytime you'd like. You can turn it into a PDF. It's a great way for you to measure your own journey of developing these skills. So the five questions that we ask on the completeleader.org for diplomacy intact, I'd like to just go through those and have our listeners think about how you would score yourself with each one of these on a scale of one to five. One would be, I don't do this at all. And five would be, this is the way I behave all the time. So question number one, I'm always polite and courteous toward others, regardless of their positions or attitudes toward me. So do I respond to other people based on this desire to be polite and courteous? Or do I react to them based on how they treat me? That's question number one. Question number two, others have commented that I'm able to disagree without being disagreeable. Others have told me this, that I do a good job of disagreeing without making it personal. Question number three, in conversations, I stay aware of what I'm saying and doing and how I'm being received. So I'm observing what the impact of my messages are. Am I getting the desired impact? Or am I create by the way I communicate it, am I creating an impact which is counterproductive to what I'm trying to accomplish? Question number four, I regularly ask for feedback from others about how I can be more tactful. Wow, that's interesting. How many of us actually ask other people to coach us on how to be more tactful? We'll talk more, more about that later in the podcast. And question number five. I'm comfortable being respectful toward others while maintaining my commitment to resolving difficult issues 
without intimidating or being intimidated. So diplomacy and tax is not about wimping out. It's about being able to handle those tough conversations in a way that's respectful and kind and with a finesse, as you said at the beginning, that gives us a greater chance of getting to our desired outcome, our, our desired result. I think about that uh, Dale Carnegie quote, uh, it's easier to gather bees with honey than with vinegar and the <laughs> carrot and stick analogy and so many more. So how, how are some specific ways, and those questions are fantastic ways to get clarity around the idea of, of growing our diplomacy intact and the importance of it, but how can we develop it as this skill? Well, for me, one of the phrases that's been very helpful for me is I always come back to it's okay to be hard on the issues, but soft on people. So it's how I make sure that I don't just wimp out because of being intimidated by the other side. My, it's not my job to determine or to tell them that they need to act with diplomacy intact. My job is to focus on my diplomacy intact. So regardless of how they respond to me, I can still be soft on them, but hard on the issues. And uh, we write about in the book, uh, Lincoln scholar, J.G. Randall, who I... He, he, there's a great quote from him that I'd like to read because I think it's so meaningful. He said, tact is a number of qualities working together. First, it's insight in human nature. It's a willingness to have sympathy, exercise self-control. It's a knack for inducing self-control in others. Now, isn't that amazing? It's the tact is the ability to encourage or to induce in others self-control. It's the avoidance of blundering. It's the readiness to give the immediate situation an understanding mind. And this is key, to give it a second thought. To pause, to think about not just the impact of what the other person is saying, but try to understand what their intent is. Try to understand what it is that they want and how can you compare that against what you're trying to get out of the situation and see if there's a way that you can come up with ideally something that satisfies both of you and at the very least offers a compromise that keeps both of you from feeling like you weren't you weren't lost or that you didn't lose in the process. He goes on to say that tact is not only kindness, but kindness skillfully extended. So I think this is a great way for us to think about how we develop more diplomacy intact. So now some very practical steps. First of all, slow down and listen. One of the ways that we have more diplomacy intact is if we're careful that we don't listen to fix people or we don't listen to respond. And what I mean by that is while somebody's telling us what they want us to hear, that we pick it up, we decide we understand what they're saying and we jump to wanting to, the first chance we get, jump in and respond to either counter their, their point, their argument, or add what we think about it. So just slowing down and allowing a pause before you respond is a way to develop more diplomacy intact. In that pause, you can ask yourself, not how do I feel like responding, but how might I respond that will advance this conversation forward in a positive direction? Number one, slow down and listen. Number two, the old phrase, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. What I mean by that is that a lot of diplomacy intact is taking the time to understand the cultural background or the norms of the people that you're interacting with. Let me give you two different, very different examples of that. I've spent a number of years doing work in Japan. And one of the things I learned early on 
interacting with Japanese business leaders is that they often don't respond positively to the more direct, we might say the more blunt method of negotiating that we normally see in the United States. Their protocol, that sense of politeness, the way that they approach diplomacy is that oftentimes the message is between the words or the, the, the message is stronger than what is demonstrated through the words. So one of the things I learned early on working with the Japanese is that anytime they said to me, that would be very difficult to do. What they were really saying is don't even bring that up again. It's never going to happen. <laughs> and I had to learn their their language. I had to learn their cultural norms. Now, on the other hand, last week I was meeting with a company and I, I won't name the company, but I was meeting with the CEO of a company and I understood something about the cultural norms for this person. He was coming from another part of the world. And I went into the meeting knowing that he would respect if I was being very direct and if I didn't hold anything back and I didn't sugarcoat anything. And so early in the conversation, I said to him, is it okay with you if I'm completely candid with what I've observed? And he said, yes, absolutely. It was just the opposite. To be diplomatic with him, I needed to get rid of all of the uh, qualifications, all of the softening of the language, and I needed to get right to the point and in the same way that was being diplomatic as the way that I adapt my style when I'm working with the Japanese or some other culture. So when in Rome, do as the Romans do. You really have to understand the cultural norms of who you're interacting with in order to maximize or optimize your diplomacy intact. A third idea for becoming more diplomatic is ask for feed forward. So we often talk about asking people to give you feedback. What am I doing well or not doing well regarding diplomacy intact? In feed forward, what you do is you go ask two or three or four or ten people, can you give me one or two tips for how you think I could become more diplomatic, how you think I could be more tactful? So they're not giving you feedback based on what you've done in the past. They're giving you tips of what you could do better in the future. And you don't have to accept any of their tips. I recommend at least that you say thank you. And if you want to get that kind of feed forward, those tips in the future, don't argue with them or don't say, I already thought about that or I already tried that. No matter what they say, say thank you for that tip. And if you collect two or four or five or 10 tips, you're going to hear a couple things that you could do that would help you take the next step in developing your skills in diplomacy intact. So we've got three suggestions. My fourth and final suggestion is read the memoirs of people who've been known for their diplomacy intact. There are a lot of people in our modern society, or you could even go back into history, that have been known for their skills in diplomacy intact. And by reading their stories, you'll learn how they thought, what their mindset was. You'll learn how they tackle difficult conversations or difficult negotiations, you'll pick up ideas from them that will help you develop your diplomacy intact. So it could be somebody like Nelson Mandela, his book, Long Road to Freedom, where he talked about dealing with apartheid and how though he was tempted to respond with revenge and confrontation, he chose diplomacy intact and it really saved a nation from civil war. Or you can look at the story of Mahatma Gandhi, who was instrumental without ever being in a position of political power. He was instrumental in creating the largest democracy in history, India, through his use of diplomacy intact. He was not a soft guy. He was hard on the issues, 
but he was soft on people. Or if you study Ronald Reagan, he showed great skills in diplomacy and tact through his sense of humor. Or Tony Blair, his memoir of his political life, he tells some great stories about diplomacy and tact. And of course, somebody who's still hanging around, who I haven't read a lot of his stuff, but I have to believe that his memoirs would give us great treasures in diplomacy and tact also, is Henry Kissinger who's been involved in several opportunities to demonstrate diplomacy intact to get things negotiated that we thought were impossible. I think about a conversation I had with a a U.S. senator about this idea of being a statesman and orator and the amount of tact and diplomacy that goes into that. And I'm sure, like our listeners, I keep thinking politics and politicians and how we're sorely missing the these skills uh, that are at least on display. I, I, we can't speak to what's happening inside, but but what keeps getting talked about, uh, it's definitely a skill that we can work on and set an example of in our lives as leaders. Yes. And as citizens uh, in any country that we're in, one of the things that we can do help to move the culture in a positive direction is when we are with leaders and if they ask for our input, if they wanna know what we think should happen, we can tell them that we would like to see them demonstrate more diplomacy intact. I think in reality, Dale, that there's a lot more diplomacy intact going on behind the scenes, away from the cameras or the microphones that we're not aware of. And it's just not entertaining because it it takes patience, it takes, Uh, empathy. It takes a lot of the other skills that we've been talking about. And it's not the kind of thing that is going to be a high value in a reality show. But we can encourage those leaders that we have an influence with. And we can applaud when we see them demonstrating diplomacy intact. And it doesn't have to be in politics. It can be in any organization that we have the opportunity to influence. We can tell them that we appreciate and we value diplomacy intact. And we really want people to focus on policies and issues and ideas and to work towards solutions that will be satisfying, satisfactory to everybody instead of calling one another evil. Because rarely does that accomplish what's best for any of us. Absolutely. Very well said. Any final words for us as we wrap this episode up? I just want to sort of wrap it up by saying that I think that developing your skills of diplomacy intact well is going to not only help you to have better relationships, but you're going to solve tougher problems than you've ever been to solve before. And you're going to be able to do things that are beyond a lot of other leaders reach because you're approaching those relationships or those problems through this awareness and this appreciation for diplomacy intact. So if you invest in developing this skill, there's no telling how much your influence will grow in the opportunities that you have to be a complete leader. Hmm. Excellent. Ron Price, co-author of The Complete Leader. Find more resources on this skill diplomacy intact along with much more at thecompleteleader.org that's one word thecompleteleader.org you can find the book where books are sold Amazon's a great place to look. You can also buy that book right on the website, thecompleteleader.org. While you're out and about, be sure and go to iTunes, subscribe to this podcast. If you have not done so already, a new episode is released each and every week. And by subscribing, you are sure to get the latest episode delivered right to your device so you can hear it. While you're there, please write a review, leave a rating. Hopefully we've earned those five stars from you. 
Make it a great week. This is the Complete Leader Podcast. Everything you need to become a high-performing leader. Thanks for listening to the Complete Leader Podcast. Find more online, thecompleteleader.org. 